Hello and welcome to another episode of One of a Kind You. I started this podcast to share my journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay-at-home mom life, to help other women with their motherhood journeys or their work-life balance journey so they can let go and make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. So if you are new here, welcome. I'm so excited that you decided to take a stop by and listen to see what this podcast is all about. And if you're a regular listener, welcome back to you too. I'm equally excited to have you here. So the way that this podcast podcast usually works is that I share a journal entry of mine from about seven years ago and um, reflect on what I know now as a certified life coach and what I wish I knew then when I was in the thick of the struggle. But today, ladies, we have a special guest with us. So you do not have to listen to me blab alone. Um, Her name is Tracy and she's a mom and she has been through some things. uh, But in that struggle and in that journey, she tapped back into her spiritual gifts that she had suppressed for so long. And when I read that, I was like, yes, I could totally relate. And I'm sure a lot of you can too. So I thought it would be amazing to have her on um, to tell her story and share her words of wisdom with us. So Tracy, fill us in. Tell us about mom life. How many kids do you have? How old are they? Thanks, Kim. So hello to everyone listening. My kids are 13 and 15. My son started driver's ed. (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah. (laughs) That's a whole nother um, level of nerves right there. yeah. Yeah. Well, I've been taking him driving actually. He's He's just a nervous driver. Oh boy. Oh, so well, that's okay um, because that means he's going to be cautious. So he's not going to be the driver cautious. going 80 miles an hour. He will not be going 80 miles an hour. <laughs> He'll be the one going way too slow. Like, you got to go a little faster. Um, he's my very cautious boy. Love but it. um, my my daughter's 13. And so we have a fantastic relationship, but it it um uh, it had to bloom out of going through a really bad divorce. This divorce Mm -hmm. was, um, I married a cop Mm. who was a narcissist. Um, and I'm sure many of your listeners can understand the narcissistic mentality. It's very, Oh, it's a struggle. Yeah. And, um, the interesting part is that, and my son asked me this the other day, he's like, what made you marry dad? Um, I actually, (laughs) well, This is a whole nother topic. We could probably do another episode on, but okay, I <laughs> start and we can always say table and come back another day. So just tell us what you feel called to share, Tracy. Um, I would, my, my dad's dad had died when I was like 19, 20. He ended up haunting me for 15 years and really? like bad, like physically um, harming me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I visited a, psychic out of the blue. I didn't like, it wasn't like I had planned it. I'm just like, Oh, let me go see the psychic today because I was contemplating divorce. I was really confused. I was just not in a good space. My kids were really young. I think my daughter was one, my son would have been three, something like that. And when I got in the room with her, no windows, nothing. It was like, he showed up and she's like, really? Oh my God, I wasn't in there for him. I, I forgot, you know, I yeah. was just there questioning about divorce And it turns out that, um, well, he showed up for two different psychics. This first one, he actually assaulted and it was a big problem. She was crying and yeah, it was really a bad deal. But the second one, um, when I was contemplating divorce, she said that he's like evil Mm -hmm. and like, we were both like in pain. It was uncomfortable. It was like the room got foggy and heavy. Our hearts hurt, our jaws hurt. And she had to take him away. But essentially she said that, he brought you to your husband 
to make you suffer. I was like, oh, oh. you're okay. like, thanks. Thanks so much for that. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh my God, she got rid of him for me, like for good, for good. Um, but it was at that point that I realized like, oh my, like <laughs> I have such a strange life. Yeah. Um, and so it was that moment that I was like, it was like the cloud, literally the room cleared up. It was, it smelled like roses, no windows in this room. It was the strangest thing, but the room completely cleared up. And it was like, I had complete mental clarity. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my, like everything kind of flashed before me, all the, like, what were you thinking this whole time? Mm-hmm. And it was at that point And I was like, okay we have to do this. And so I had to go to him and just say, I want a divorce. And there wasn't like, I didn't have a, other than the narcissism. And like, I had no friends left. It was, but there's no like actual hard evidence of needing this divorce. And I was so scared because my kids were so little, but mm-hmm. I knew that if I wanted them to see a strong person as they grow up, I had to do this. I had to do this for me, for them. Mm-hmm. And so I did, but it didn't come without consequences because he ended up setting up this whole trap with his dad and had me arrested. Wow. Yeah. So I, my kids watched this arrest. It was not pretty. Um, and so his dad was a police officer as well. No, his dad is just older, but he had him in on it and even dragged him into court to lie. Wow. It was just crazy stuff, but Set in jail for 24 hours. I lost everything, mm-hmm. like everything, everything. I couldn't see my kids for a week. Oh, it was so, it was so horrible. But I was just telling the story to a client of mine that as I was sitting in that jail cell waiting to see the judge, I realized I had at that moment to be able to let this take me down, mm-hmm. you know, sink with the ship, become the victim. Woe is me. Look for pity and and just start to shrivel up and do nothing, or I can rise above this. I can overcome whatever he's looking to take me down with. You know, he mm-hmm. wanted me to suffer. And I decided to be the bigger person, the better person work on me for me and my kids and had nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. And sh- luckily like, you know, nothing came of the every, all the charges were cleared and it was the next week was really difficult because I, I had nowhere to live. I didn't have my kids. I had my car and that was it. I had no clothes. I had nothing. So it was a real huge uh, um, strength test, mental yeah. strength test, fortitude in taking the high road because, you know, it's like that Buddhist saying of throwing a hot rock you know, you hold a hot rock to throw it at somebody, but you're the only one that gets burned. Yeah. And so I really like, I had to really stand in my own power and use my intuition because once my grandfather was gone, it was like all of my intuition, like all my abilities kind of started flooding back. And I was able to really see clearly what I needed to do for the betterment of me, my kids and and globally, like humanity mm-hmm. in general. And, um, it offered me the opportunity to send him love and light, even though I hated him. Um, I hated him profusely, but I could still send him love and light in that moment. And since then, everything's been so much better. You know, there's been, he's still 
likes to show up once in a while, but my life personally and my kids, we have such a strong bonding relationship now because rather than, um, you know, I, I'm sure you're the same. Like my parents grew up, like nobody got divorced. You work through things or you shove them under the rug or whatever, you know, like (laughs) everything's fine. But I knew in my heart, I went against the grain of what everyone else told me. And I did what I know would strengthen my kids and let them see that it's okay to be sad. It's okay Mm -hmm. to have challenges. It's how you react and how you perceive what you've gone through. And so I chose not to perceive it as a a huge downfall, a huge pitfall for me. I chose to see it as a chance for me to grow. And, you know, while (laughs) I wouldn't want to go back to jail again, um, I do, I'm very grateful for that moment because sitting in that cell, just having this talk with myself (laughs) and then choosing this one, I mean, this one decision to say, I'm going to rise above this has changed the course of my life completely. Mm -hmm. So um, but prior to that, I was also diagnosed with multiple sclerosis mm. out of college. And so this was before kids. And that was, so I have had two huge turning points in my life. And that was my first big turning point into um, seeing how we are really in control of our body. And realistically, doctors, they have their best, your best interest in mind, but they really don't know you well. So yeah. um it's from that point now, because I, I teach that to anybody who wants to listen and my kids know, um, we have two different households now. And my kids are like, everybody in their dad's household is on medication. Mm-hmm. And in this household, nobody takes medication. I, we don't even have any here. Yeah. And so <laughs> we have two different kids. Like when on this small chance that one of the kids gets sick at school and they have a fever, I'm like, we literally have no Tylenol. We have no Motrin. So we literally have to go buy it for that moment because we, we don't have it. We take vitamins, but we don't have, like, we don't have meds hanging around. Exactly. Or like you have it and then it's expired the next time you need it. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. So my whole goal, and I know by what my kids tell me is to give them space to think, Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've maybe yelled, I was telling my kid, I think maybe I've yelled at you five times in your life. Like, I don't believe in hitting because if I'm hitting you, then what's, then why shouldn't you hit back? Right. So, or hit something else. So I'm not a, I'm a tough love mom. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I expect you to be a good human. We, we talk about the law of Dharma a lot. You, you do your, you, live your purpose. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about money or college. You just do what you are gifted at and the universe will provide for you um, and be a good human. Just be a good human. doesn't matter yeah. who is in front of you, but be a good human. Just do what's right. And so they are really on that path of living their Dharma, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> so they they explore a lot of different avenues. Like my son is suddenly like, oh, I'm going to learn knitting. I'm like, okay. And then my daughter's like, I'm just going to learn Russian. I'm like, okay. You know, like, yes, I'm kind of like a yes mom when it comes to self-development of any kind. And so the ability for me to overcome so many obstacles has given me the strength 
to work a full-time job, mm-hmm. start my own business, um, you know, work, handle the kids and, and the house and everything and still have time to have fun with them. I mean, you know, that's what life's about, right? <laughs> yeah. Laughter and joy. And, and so I make sure that that happens because, you know, I don't get to see them every day. Mm-hmm. I wish I could. Um, so when I do have them, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, let's, we got to hang out. We got to, you know, let's cook together. Let's dance. You know, we put on music and my son loves like the old crooner music. Oh, I love <laughs> it. So, um, so we have, we've, we've learned to, um, well, when we come together, it's a beautiful thing. And my kids have learned how to adapt at their dad's house and then come here and they see both sides, which I think is, you know, I told them the other day, I said, I think it's great that you get to see both sides. I'm sorry you have to go through what you go through there, but you're also coming out stronger as long as you're being a good human. So that's my story. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's such a fascinating story because, um, you know, divorce is so common and not every divorce looks the same, but also struggles are so common too. So I had shared with you before we hit record that while I haven't been through a divorce, leaving my teaching career was traumatic for me. And that was sort of where I started realizing that I had been keeping, you know, my spiritual gifts suppressed also because I really wasn't raised in a household where we had faith um, or thought to look to a higher power. Uh, So my parents divorced when I was really small Um, and my life at my mom's house with her husband, like that's a very tumultuous situation. And less drama with my dad and my stepmom, but still not the smoothest situation there. Um, And so growing up and getting all of those messages, you know, I didn't have faith. So like my grandmother, my dad's mother is devout Catholic. And so being drugged to church every weekend, my dad swore that when he had kids, he would never force them to go to church. And that also meant that we didn't say like, you know, when the, you know, what hits the fan, like someone up there, God, universe, divine energy, someone help me through this. We just like put our head down and barreled through. So it was in that struggle where I was like, wait a second, I'm trying to do this on my own, but I know I can't. So like, I need to be able to ask something bigger than me. And that was where the discovery, like the reconnection with my spirituality started from. So the fact that your kids are open to experiencing it now, and you're giving them the space to do so, I think is really great. Yeah. And in fact, my son just texted me yesterday. He's like, I had this dream about an angel and a demon. He went, he's like, can you oh, look that up for me? He's like, I don't know. I don't know any of that because I have a dream dictionary, you know, yeah. and so my daughter does Reiki. She's been doing it since she's 11. Uh, my son loves ruins. And so I just let them explore as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. And right. so, you know, that's the whole aspect of, you know, Dharma is being a good human and not putting harm on anybody or anything. Mm-hmm. And as long as it brings you joy or it piques your curiosity, go for it. As long as it's not hurting anybody. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, the, the spirituality side is a huge no, no at their dad's house. So they mm-hmm. can't bring up even like spirits or anything. It's like, Oh no, none of that. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> when they come here, it's like, they unleash everything. Like, yeah, let's talk about blah, blah, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. I love it. But, um, I, uh, I'm a knowing person. So like, I just kind of know things. Whereas my son turns out that he can predict 
um, pretty well. Um, and my daughter is a huge empath. And fortunately, I can at least talk to her about it because that's I grew up like you, like nobody talked about that yeah. stuff. So I didn't even know what empathy was. And I was, mm-hmm. it, I was, <laughs> it yeah. was quite the roller coaster up into my late twenties. Like I didn't get it. Yeah. Um, when I was so in therapy, she, the therapist told me I was codependent and wanted to medicate me. And I was like, no, actually I'm an empath, <laughs> but it can kind of be construed. They can be confused easily. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so no, I was not codependent. I yes, I ran patterns of codependency because that's how I was raised. But really, at the end of the day, it was more of being an empath than anything. So, and it's tough to navigate when you don't like if you don't get it. It's yeah. very confusing because you're like, where are these emotions coming from? And you, yes. you just think you're an emotional person, or oh, like I couldn't go into big crowds for you know, most of the time I can't do big crowds and I didn't understand why and no one else had that problem. So mm-hmm. I was like, let's just it must be me. And I thought something was wrong with me, but I never voiced it. And of yeah. course the voice, the, the throat chakra was all blocked up for years. Yes. <laughs> I had yes. to go through all this purging of things that weren't, that I was hanging on to that baggage. Yeah. And uh, sounds like you did the same thing. Yeah. So, um, I cry all the time. And so sometimes it's like, I don't even know why I'm crying. You know what I mean? Because the emo- it's there. I mean, I know, but it's like hard to explain. And, um, so I was always told like, what are you crying for? I'll give you something to cry about when I was little growing up. And it was like, no, like that's not the right response. Um, and so for a long time, I tried to suppress it, um, suppress the emotions and again, throat chakra and all that stuff. So yes, lots of chakra work for sure. For oh sure. Goodness. Yeah. And that's the one big, that's the one thing um, that, so I'm dating uh, my boyfriend, we've been dating for almost 10 years. So it's a very very encouraging household to cry. Mm -hmm. Um, My, my boyfriend lost his son a few years ago. He died when he was 15, tragically. And so, you know, when someone's crying, we just go and hug. Yeah. We don't say, don't stop crying. And we don't say, you know, we just say, you know, get it all out because tears are actually a hormone release. There's actually yeah. hormone in the tears. So it's very, very cathartic and um, will help reset the nervous systems. Mm-hmm. So for the listeners who are afraid to cry, cry. I yeah. was like, oh, I love it when people cry. So I'm like, yes, you're releasing. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love it. I was that one too. Like I would never cry because I was taught by my dad, like toughen up, you know, mm-hmm. put your head down, do the work get paid. Don't, you know, don't show emotion and nope, not going to show weakness because crying was weakness. Yeah. And so like, I just never cried. I held it all in. Oh, I just so do it discreetly. Funny. Like, no, I'm not crying. My eyes just itching and watering. <laughs> <laughs> As it's like gushing out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like mascara running all down the face if you wear it. <laughs> I get that. So yeah, crying is beautiful and feeling your emotions is beautiful. It's mm-hmm. just you have to feel them so that they don't take you over because they will. And then that's when you get diseased. And I, you know, a lot of women are um dealing with cancers mm-hmm. because that is a form of holding too much in. And then if you don't get cancer, which I hope you don't, but, um, if it doesn't translate into cancer, oftentimes it'll translate into dementia. Mm -hmm. 
um, because you are holding so much in that your brain decides to not let you remember anything. So, you know, we have to express and emote in a healthy way because doing so gives us the human experience Mm -hmm. without damaging ourselves or others. You know, it's because otherwise you explode or you become the victim of everything else, the rest of society by holding everything in. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think sometimes it can be really easy to fall into that victim trap because that feels safe. And then on some level, it's like, okay, well, I'm the victim. So I don't really have to show up and do things about it. I can just sit in this place. Um, But then after you do that for so long, it's just soul sucking. And then it gets to the point where it's like, you don't even know how to get yourself out of it. Mm hmm. Because I was just about there. You're giving your power away to everybody else but yourself. So like in my situation being married, it was like, um, you know, I wasn't, I had, if I went grocery shopping, I had a call. If I, anything I did, I had to check in. And it was like the, the threat of having my kids taken away kept me in this fear response of doing what he wanted. And and so same with anger if you're holding back all that anger i mean anger is more productive than fear but it's still when you hold that in you either become passive aggressive and nobody likes someone who's passive aggressive (laughs) or become like full of rage or just like you know complaining about everything and no one wants to hear that either so it's best to just emote it at the time that you're feeling it instead of just like i'll deal with it later Mm -hmm. because you're never going to deal with it (laughs) yeah It'll just keep adding on and adding on and adding on. Um, The one thing I was curious about with your journey is where did you go with your car? Like that's all you had for the week. So what did you do? So I actually ended up staying at my parents' house. So I live in Chicago and I'm also a Chicago firefighter. Oh, awesome. (laughs) Uh, Starting my 23rd year this year. Wow. Wow. but we have to live in Chicago. We're like the only department in the world that has to live in the city. Um, but I had to live at their house in the suburbs for a little while until I could find a space and, you know, back in Chicago, mm-hmm. which is difficult because you have two kids and you have to make sure you have space for them. Yes. And if I was going back to court, it was like, I had to have three bedrooms because it's a boy and a girl. And oh my goodness, that was not fun. But I did find a space and um, we actually loved it. And, you know, fortunately my parents still had the two bedrooms set up for me and my brother, because it was for my kids at this point, you know, so <laughs> I got, I got lucky there, but yeah, they took me in of course, with open arms, fortunately. Yeah. That's amazing. Cause I just thought like, okay, you had a car and you couldn't see your kids for the week, but like, where do you go with your car? And so, um, and I know Chicago is in the winter is not a warm place and I don't know when this happens. So um, all I could think is like, I know that there's at our local library, I see the same car parked there a lot and you can tell that someone's living in their car. Mm -hmm. So they go and like hang out in the library during the day while it's open. And then I guess move their car around the block when they go to sleep at night because you can't park overnight in the library parking lot. So all I can think is like, wow, wow, where did you go with your car? And what did you do for that week? And you were able to like find a place within that week. Like that's pretty incredible because it's not always that easy to find a place, but thankfully your parents were able to help you. Yeah. Yeah. I was fortunate that I found this place and it checked all the boxes. I could afford it. Mm-hmm. So it worked out really well. <laughs> so was yeah. Like, it was like, it was meant to be because I can't imagine that Chicago is inexpensive because it's a huge city. 
it's, it's depending where you're at. Yeah. It's expensive. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of limited on budget, but then also where I can go because it's so big that if I go too far from where my, you know, at that time the house was, then it would take forever to, it was just kind of, it was so many workarounds that yeah. um, it just worked out though. Cause we loved the apartment we had and um, it was, it was perfect for us at the time. So yeah, now we're on our like fourth house from there. So <laughs> we've moved several times since these poor kids, but <laughs> no, we're the so, same. Like we, this is so the house that I'm in now is the third house that my husband and I have purchased in uh, since 2011. So 12 years, this is our third house. So we do the same thing. Although with this one, my husband was like, we are never moving again. We said that with the house that we just sold in Maryland, that was supposed to be our forever home sold it on a whim. And then he was like, this house really is it. Like I am not leaving this house unless it's in a box. I was like noted. And my 13 oh year old, she was like, and I'm not moving again. And if you try to make me move, I'm going to run away with the circus. I was like, okay, we're not moving. So no need to run away with the circus. With the circus. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay. Cause with the circus, you're moving around all the time. So like all the time. one more move with us versus 8,000 moves with the circus. But okay, if that's the route you want to go, have fun with the circus. Oh, that's cute. That's cute. <laughs> that's so, so funny. <laughs> yeah. So, but the stipulation, you know, when they, we told them we were moving, they were not happy at first. And so kind of the smoothing over factor was that they didn't have to switch schools because they've been at their school since they were in preschool. So we were like, same school, no worries just a different house. So farther away. So we keep moving farther from school instead of closer to school. (laughs) But at some point they can drive themselves. So, right. (laughs) Right. Well, now we're all going to school together since I am now the preschool teacher there. So we all ride to school together and we all ride home, but I know it's going to come a point in time when they can drive that they're not going to want to ride to school with me. And my goal is not to be there at that point. Uh, My goal is to have the business, like my barn up and running as the healing sanctuary full-time by the time they can drive themselves to school. So (laughs) maybe they will be driving without me. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, Our plan is to actually move to Florida when my daughter turns 18, we're opening a spiritual coffee shop and a a healing center. So I love it. So why Florida? Um, we love Florida. We have a house there now. So (laughs) that's our, our, like our very happy place. Uh And, um, I'm getting my, um, doctorate in integrative medicine. So I can just combine it all and yeah. Help guide people. It's all I want to (laughs) do. Yes. And you don't have to deal with Chicago winters, which sounds amazing. Correct. Cause actually this winter has been pretty darn good, but still, if it's below 60, I'm like, Oh, it's cold. Yes. Oh, same. And our winter here in Pennsylvania has been fairly mild. So today was a high of 57 and I did not have a winter coat on at lunch. I was like, this is amazing. Um, but right? I know it's not going to last. <laughs> so I just enjoy it while I have it. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so I think it's amazing that you were able in that moment to, when it was like rock bottom of rock bottom to say, you know what, this isn't going to be the thing that takes me down and I'm going to use it to launch myself forward. And so I think, you know, not everybody can do that. I think that's um, remarkable. And so, you know, if there's someone who's listening and they're in that rock bottom place and they're like, oh, I could never do what Tracy did or, you know, okay, I'm past the rock bottom place, but I still struggle from time to time. Um, What's sort of your little nugget that you used then or maybe now to keep moving the momentum moving forward so that you don't slide back into that victim state? 
Um, honestly, the one I had a little mantra that I said every day, all the time, and it was this too shall pass. Yeah. I know it's probably cliche for people listening, but for some reason it was like, it was the one thing, like I could, I just know if I just take one more step, I just, I got to take one step in the right direction. And then I'm a step closer. Cause it, I mean, it was not, it was not easy. Every decision I made was basically to make sure my kids had a mom that they can rely on, Mm -hmm. they can trust, they can come to. And I, that was always in my mind. Like I, I need to be that mom that they know is always doing the thing that is for the betterment of everybody. Mm -hmm. And so just taking that tiny step. And even when it was difficult, like this too shall pass, this too shall pass, Mm -hmm. this too shall pass. Every time I got an email from my ex, I was like, this too shall pass. Like, I just wanted to like throw my computer or something like, no, I got this breathe, you know? And so from that point, I learned about box breathing and Mm -hmm. I did that like one minute a day. And that, this is like a long time ago. Um, that was hugely transformational, for me, because I just got to go for one minute and just say, okay, I'm sitting here. Like I was in my jail cell. I'm sitting here, nothing like I'm healthy. I'm breathing. I'm alive. Everything's fine. Everything is fine right now. Like I don't, I could tune out all the rest of the world and everything that's actually going on and just realize that internally I'm good. I'm fine. Like this space right here is functioning and well. It's the thoughts that I allow in that will determine how I actually feel, right? So if I let my ex's words hit me hard, then they are, my mind's going to start going. So it was just like, okay, he could say what he wants. This too shall pass. It's not, it's not me. And I know like he's wounded, you know, you have to think everyone does their best. No one wakes up during the day to say, I'm going to go out and hurt somebody today. Right. They're literally doing their best. And so if you can remember that in times of struggle and challenges, I think it really will help you see that they're hurting too. If they're hurting you, it's because they're hurting really bad. Mm -hmm. For someone to hurt you, they have to be hurting at least twice as bad. Yeah. Um, I think that'll help too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's such an important piece to it. Um, because I was in an abusive relationship in high school and into my early twenties. And I'm often asked, like, how do you forgive? Like, and it's the same thing. Like I recognize that, um, he was hurting too. And so hurt people hurt people. And so, and to, and that was how I let go of it was to recognize that, um, I wasn't the first person that he had done that to. And I wasn't certainly not the last. And it was because he was hurting and I could choose to let that hurt continue, or I could, you know, release it and say, you know, my part, I accept myself for the part that I played and I forgive him for the part that he played, but that's no longer going to have any control or, um, impact on my life and was able to let it go. And it, you know, you're right. It sounds cliche. It sounds, you know, almost too easy. Um, and it does take time, but when you can recognize that it's, you know, the fact that they're hurting too, and everyone else at the end of the the day is ultimately doing the best that they can. Um, it takes some of that sting away, some of that pain. Yep. I agree. And 
doing and doing what I think I realized because I had already been diagnosed with MS. So I had to make sure I stayed healthy because if I wasn't healthy, I was going to be like, I, I don't know how I would have ended up, but, um, you know, I could have turned to alcohol or excessive eating or gambling or whatever. Yeah. So each choice I made, I had to always think like, how, where is this going to end up down the road? Will I regret this mm-hmm. later? So I had to be, you know, very, very, being very in the present, being mm-hmm. in the present moment, making sure that my choices weren't just out of anger or fear mm-hmm. um, because, you know, who knows where that would end ended me up. <laughs> so. Yeah. Probably not the most serving of places. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's been amazing um, to have you share your story with, with our listeners today and um, really just the strength and fortitude that you, you were able to um, persevere with through that situation, because I can't even imagine. Um, that was one thing I was so thankful for. Like when I left the abusive relationship, I didn't have children that I had to think of when I left, I was able to just leave with myself. Um, not that that was easy, but like I, it was easier because I didn't have kids. So I could just, I made the choice and it was myself that I had to worry about. And so the fact that you were able to push through and, you know, not take the victim stance, but really always keep yourself in the forefront, but also your kids too, to move forward in a way that was going to be the best for the three of you, I think is really commendable. And um, I think is a really great example for a lot of women listening. Thank you. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. So um, thank you so much, Tracy. It was amazing to have you on. And if you found this episode helpful, please feel free to share it with a friend because the more the merrier. And if you would be so kind to leave a review, I would greatly appreciate it because I take the time to read all the reviews to ensure that this podcast continues to be a place of guidance and support and really a one-stop shop resource. um, Because let's face it, us women, we have to stick together. So thanks so much for tuning in and I will see you all next week.